Good morning, church. Glad you are here this morning. And um, I don't know about you, but how many of you remember singing that song as a kid, How Great Thou Art? Anybody remember singing that as a kid? Um, Kaylee, can we go and get the backlights on today? That'd be awesome. Um, here, here's, here's the thing I think about that. Can I just say this as an encouraging way? He is great even when you don't feel like it. You know what I'm talking about? You've been through some stuff. You've gone through some things, struggled through some things. And there's something about our soul that can celebrate that even through the dark times, even through the difficulties, how great is our God. If you believe that church this morning, let's say amen together. Amen. amen. I hope you believe that. Now, today, we are going to start a brand new series called Prayer Unleashed. If I were to ask you this morning, do you believe that prayer is important? What would you say? Yes. Okay. Some of you go, yes. Some of you are like, I don't know. Some of you are like, maybe, right? But just we're going to make an assumption this morning that if you're a follower of Jesus, hopefully that you would say that prayer is essential for your faith. But if I ask you that question, you said, yes, it is important. Then the second question would be this. Well, how do you make sure that every day you carve out time to commune with the Lord? Now, disclaimer, I'm not talking about meals. God bless this to the nourishment of our bodies. And let's be honest. I mean, that's a big ask for God sometimes, right? I mean, when you're eating a triple cheeseburger, that's probably not going to be blessed to the nourishment of your body, right? So we ask God, like, okay, God, you know, so maybe you could change the molecular structure. I'm not sure. But anyway, when I'm talking about carving out time, I'm talking like morning, afternoon, evening, or even if you have a commute to work where you really carve out some time, you're like, I need to commune. I need to communicate. I want to pour my heart out to the Heavenly Father. So if you said it was important, my next question would be, do you make sure that you carve out time? Time to do it. See, I believe there's many believers who think it's important to pray, but we don't spend time praying. We know it's important to commune with God. We know it's important because he's the creator of the universe, and we have this great privilege and awesomeness to be able to talk to him and commune with him, and he hears it. I mean, we know that, but we don't do it. Maybe it's a flippant prayer. Maybe just at the dinner table. Maybe it's like, hey, God, just get me through the day. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I mean, I'm talking about carving out real time. And I think there's maybe a lot of us in the room who say we're believers, but we've not carved out time to really pray and commune with our Heavenly Father. So I'm thinking, why? Why don't we? Why don't we? Would it be a shock to you to find out that the professional Christian in the room sometimes doesn't carve out enough time to pray with God? And you're probably just like me. You probably don't carve out that time. So why don't we carve out the time that we should? And I think it's because we have this notion of self-reliance, right? That we have this notion that, hey, I've lived some life. I've got some experience. I've got some wisdom. And no matter kind of what comes my way, unless it's like a humongous deal, I got this. I've got the wisdom. I've got the life experience. I got this. And some of you may feel that way. Well, I don't want to bother God with that. It's just, it just kind of not that big a deal. Well, listen to me. That mindset leads us someplace. When you feel like when you look at your life and you look at your situation and you look at your story and you look at what's going on in your life, if you have that mindset that just simply says, I've got this, I've got enough experience, I've got enough wisdom within myself, I can handle this on my own. Here's where that leads us. It leads us to a place where we pray less and we begin to drift from God, Right? We begin to pray less, and we begin to drift 
from God and drift from our relationship. And what I want us to know as we begin this series that's going to take us all the way to Thanksgiving, I want us to know that prayer is your lifeline. Anybody remember watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Regis Philbin? Anybody remember that show? Okay, seven of us. Okay, the rest of you, sorry about that. And it was a great show, and you always had a phone, a friend, right? You had three lifelines. Well, listen, as a believer, you have a lifeline, and it's communing with your Heavenly Father. And I hope if this morning, if you're that person that says, yes, I believe I should pray, but no, I'm not praying, I hope you change your behavior today. I hope you change your habits today. I hope you make new commitments, because listen, prayer is our lifeline. In fact, Jesus himself, who was fully man and fully God, he even showed us the need to pray. Do you remember after his baptism? I mean, he was led by the Spirit. And do you remember all the different things that he did, that there was moments that he would stop and he would pray? And he would say, even at the end, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, what was one of the last things that Jesus did? He prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And I'm just not that smart, but I'm going to say this. If the Savior of the world thought it was important for him to pray to the Heavenly Father, you're not a Savior, neither am I. How much more important is it for us to pray? So this morning, I want, to, I want our thoughts to send around one question. Here it is. Why pray? Why should we pray? So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to show you the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4 is where I'm going to be this morning. And I know you just receded, but since it's a short passage, would you stand with me in honor of reading God's Word? Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to read verses 4 through 7. This is the Apostle Paul writing, and this is the Word of God, and it says this. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. How often? Always. Always. And again, I say what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Let your reasonableness, he knows to everyone, the Lord is at hand, and do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what Paul's saying real quickly. When we pray, and we do it the way that Paul's going to tell us, and we're going to unpack this in a moment, when we do that, what is the promise? The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts. How many of you this morning could use some peace this morning, right? So let's pray and let's get into it. God, we love you. I thank you for today, God. And before we can claim the promise, we've got to do the work. Before we can say, God, I want peace that passes understanding, God, we've got to do exactly what the Apostle Paul told us to do. So God, I pray as we ask the question, why pray this morning? That you would open our hearts and our minds and that your truth would be unpacked in a way that really gets our attention. And may your word invade our lives in this moment. For it's in your precious son's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now as I look at this passage, here's what I want to do. I want to center on one of those verses. It's one of those verses that has so much meat in it that I believe it really tells us why we need to pray. And that verse is verse 6. Go back to me in verse 6. It says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, when you read that one verse, I think there's three things that Paul tells us about why pray. Here's the first one. Because prayer demonstrates our dependence on God. So if I ask you, why should we pray? It's because our prayers, when we pray, we are demonstrating our dependence on Creator God. Did you notice there, there's a key word in verse 6, a key phrase, but in what? Everything. 
but in everything. And you might want to underline your Bible, in everything. So here's what Paul's saying. Everything that goes on in your life, there is absolutely nothing that's insignificant to God. There's nothing going on in your life that God does not care about. Everything you're going through matters to God. So in everything, everything is significant to God. And here's what he says. And if we're going to pray in everything, that means in everything we go through, we need God's assistance. I know I've said this before, but I want to remind us. Sometimes I think the greatest struggle in the Christian life is that we tend to build independence from God instead of depending on God. We think we got it all figured out. Is that working out for any of us? It doesn't last, does it? You may think it works, but eventually it comes crashing down, right? And he says, I want you to know that in everything. So when you pray what you're saying, when you pray about everything, now everything, guess what that means in the original language, everything. Anybody know? know? Everything. You're so smart. It means absolutely everything. It means there's nothing beyond the purview of God that's going on in your life that he does not want you to pray about. Absolutely everything. Because when you pray about everything, you're saying, God, I desperately need you. Because quite frankly, I don't have it figured out. I can't fix it. It didn't make any sense to me. God, I need you. See, when we pray in everything, here's what we're doing. We're saying, God, I desperately need your assistance in my life. I need your wisdom. I need your counsel. I need your strength. When we pray, we're saying, God, I need you, and I need your assistance. That could be your marriage. That could be your parenting. That could be your finances. That could be your career. That could be any area of your life and everything. He said, I want you to pray because prayer shows us and reminds us of our dependence on God. Now, here's why that's important. When we pray like that, when we understand that, that means we begin to understand that prayer is less about informing God of what's going on in our life and more about involving God in what's going on in our life. Did you follow that for a moment? When we understand that prayer it shows our dependence on God, then our prayer becomes less about informing God and more about involving God. Quite frankly, does God know everything anyway? Yeah, are you informing him? Was there a moment you prayed something and you think your Heavenly Father goes, whoa, I didn't know that. Has that ever happened, you think? No. But see, I know me and I probably know you. And sometimes when I pray, my prayers are informative. God, this is going on. I give him a litany of things. And I think God's going, I already know. Oh, by the way, Doug, I knew that before the foundation of the world. That was going to happen. But when I pray, it's not about informing God. It's about involving God, saying, God, I need your intervention in my situation. I need you. So when we pray, we're saying, God, I desperately need your guidance and your counsel. So when we ask the question, why should we pray? This is simple. We pray because it demonstrates our dependence on God. And maybe for some of you in the room today, you've, been, you've not been praying about everything. You feel like, I'm only going to pray about the big stuff, right? What about everything else? Because my Bible says, in everything. Through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God in everything. 
And when we get that, listen to me, when we get that, it'll change your prayer life. When we get, when we pray to God that we're saying, God, I need you. I'm depending on you. I need your wisdom and counsel. It will change your life because now you know it's not about just informing him. It's about saying, God, I need your involvement. I need your divine intervention. So why do we pray? That's why. Let me give you a second reason we pray. Also back in verse six, let's read it again. You do nothing anxious about, I'm sorry, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The second reason we pray is because prayer aligns our hearts with God's heart. Now, for some of you, when you think about this more deeply later, you're going to be offended by that. Because when I pray, it's not me trying to change God. I pray because I know that I'm the one that needs to be changed. Are you with me on that? See, we pray. See, see, I know some of you are like, oh, that stinks. Because here's what we do. We pray and we barter with God, don't we? God, if you will. I mean, I remember as a teenager, you know, you pray stuff like this all the time. God, if you'll just get me out of the situation, you get me out of that circumstance, I will never do it again. Anybody ever prayed that prayer before? And then you go right back and do it again, don't you? And you pray it over and over and over again, right? But see, when we really pray, listen, when we pray that prayer of dependence on God, God, I need your counsel, I need your wisdom, I'm desperately in need of you. When we pray like that, we are praying and prayer aligns our heart with God's heart. Because it's not about changing him. It's about changing us, Right? And if you think about it, when we pray like that, we begin to pray rather than my will be done, but God, I want your will to be done. Now, I don't know if you thought about this for a little bit, but asking God's will to be done is a little bit scary on our end, isn't it? Because do you know God's will for your life all the time, always, and everything about it? No. It requires trust, doesn't it? But when we pray with that heart of dependence and say, God, I, I, I need your counsel, I need your wisdom, now we're beginning to allow ourselves to align our hearts with God's heart. We're not changing him, we're changing us. We're not informing him, we're involving him. And we're at this place where we're like, not my will, but your will be done. See, aligning our hearts with God has everything to do with leaning in to what he wants for us. I think the writer of Proverbs said it best in Proverbs 3 when he says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths what? Straight. So in other words, when you go through a situation, if you will lean on God and not your own understanding, God will make your path straight. But here's what we all know. My straight and God's straight is not the same straight. Right? Because how I define straight and how God defines straight is not the same straight, but I would rather have his straight than mine any day of the week. And so it's all about aligning ourselves with God. Now, let me give you three words that he uses here that kind of build this case for us about aligning our hearts with his. The first word he says, in everything through prayer. That word prayer in the original language is just a word. It's a general term for prayer. It's, just the, it's the most general word that's used in the Greek New Testament that just, just basically means to commune with God. And it literally means make your requests known and to be thankful. That's all it means. So when you pray, part of prayer should always be that thankfulness and should always be part of that making my request known. So when we pray generally, what we mean is like, God, I'm going to pray and I'm going to thank you for maybe who you are and what you've done. I'm going to thank you for the big things and, and I'm going to ask for some stuff like, God, would you bless my family? Would you bless my kiddos? Would you bless my work? I mean, it's very general. 
So it's kind of an umbrella idea. Prayer is this idea, this word prayer here is the idea of just kind of this generic making our requests known and being thankful to God when we commune with him. But then he uses the word supplication is next. We got the word prayer, and then the next word is the word supplication. Now, this word is more specific than prayer, but it is prayer. Here's what I mean. Prayer is the general. It's the umbrella. He says, in everything, through prayer and supplication. Some of your translations might say petition. It's the same thing. Supplication, petition. It means to specifically ask God for something. So prayer is general. Supplication is specific. Let's say that together, son. You got it. Prayer is what? General. And supplication is what? Specific. You're specifically asking God for something, and you're asking him to intervene in your life for something specific. Give an example. In the Bible, Hannah couldn't have kids. 1 Samuel chapter 1. And she was made fun of a lot. And so she went to God, and she asked for something specific from God. God, if you'll give me a son... And I love how the Hebrew writes it, uh, the writer writes it. He said, if you'll give me a son, God, I will lend him to you for the rest of all of his life. And God gave Hannah a son, right? And that's what that means. Supplication is that specific, God, I need you to intervene specifically. Anybody of you prayed like that? Like you have a situation going on and you said, God, here's my heart and here's exactly how I would like for you to intervene. Anybody ever prayed like that? Haven't we all, right? God, here's Because listen, part of supplication is me letting God know my agenda too, right? God, here's exactly how I want you to intervene. Now, quick question. Is the general term for prayer, is that lead me down a path of aligning my heart for God when it's more general? Not really. What about supplication? What about when I pour out my specifics of how I want God to respond to my situation? Is that me aligning my heart with his? Not really, but it's this third phrase that helps us understand this alignment. Look what he says here. Through prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Let your request be known. With thanksgiving. So what Paul is saying is that when you pray that general prayer, or when you pray with that specific supplication or petition kind of prayer, make sure that your heart first and foremost is filled with thankfulness. Now, why in the world would Paul say that? Here's why. Because Paul knows that when we have a thankfulness in our heart, thankfulness means we are grateful, and listen, we are content. Now, you might want to write that down. When we have thanksgiving in our heart, that means we are grateful and we are content. Now, what are we grateful and content for? Well, we're grateful and we're content that God hears our prayer. Some of you may, you may pray and go, I don't feel like it's getting above the ceiling in my home or the ceiling in this school. I pray and I feel like it's got a glass ceiling. Listen, we know from Exodus chapter three that God hears the prayers of his people. Amen, church? He hears all your prayers. And so if we pray, or even if we make that direct, uh, intentional supplication, God, I want you to intervene this way. When we do that, if we have thankfulness in our heart, that means we'll have a heart that is grateful and a heart that is content. Grateful and content that he hears us. But listen to this. This is the most important part. Don't miss this. It also means that we are grateful and content that he always answers my prayer, even if it's not the way I want it answered. I'm going to back up and say it again because some of you need to live there for a little bit. See, thankfulness, grateful and content means I'm grateful and content that God hears me. 
But I'm also grateful and content that God always answers prayer, even if it's not the way I want it answered. Can you be grateful and content if God answers your prayer and it's not the way you want it answered? Some of you are like, I don't know. Because some of you know the struggle, don't you? I'll give an example. About eight years ago, eight and a half years ago, I have an aunt who was um, uh, my mom's sister, and she was diagnosed with breast cancer. It was a very aggressive form of breast cancer. And at the same time, my neighbor right across the street, Sonia's house across the street, she was about 24 years old, 25 years old, named Sarah, and she was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And so both of them were in our church at the same time going through that, and they were both digressing really, really, really fast. The breast cancer was wearing my aunt out, and the colon cancer was wearing our neighbors out. I mean, it was, just, it was a difficult season as a church to go through, and so we were walking through that and, and they were both going down quickly and so it was in the middle of the week and we just got on one of these texting apps and we said okay the entire church we're going to meet on a Tuesday night we just want you to show up and we're going to anoint them with oil and we're going to pray and we're going to make a petition and we're going to cry out to God and just trust God that's what we're going to do and so those two people showed up. We put them in chairs right in the middle of everybody. And there's probably 50 of us that showed up in the church. And we got there and we anointed them with oil. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we wept and we prayed some more. And we wept a little bit more. We hugged a whole lot and we kept praying. I mean, it was one of those kind of meetings you're like, I just don't want to get out of the presence of God because God's presence was so thick in that moment. But what we did was we prayed, yes, generally, but we specifically prayed. And can I just tell you what I prayed? God, would you heal both of them? Would you rip the cancer from her body? in her colon, and would you take the cancer from her breast, and would you heal their bodies, and would you give them a story to share and to celebrate of your goodness for the rest of the days of their life? God, I pray specifically for you to do that. But if you choose not to heal them on this side of eternity, God, I know that you will heal them on the other side, and I will be content, and we will be content with your will and your way. Now listen, that is way harder to pray and mean it then just say it, isn't it? Now, I would love to tell you God ripped the cancer from their bodies on this side of eternity. But within a month of each other, they both passed away. And I did both of their funerals. And can I just tell you, those who knew Jesus and those who were around them and those who were in that prayer meeting, there was sadness, there was sorrow, and there was grief, but there was contentment. Because did God answer our prayers? Yes. He just waited to the other side of eternity. Are you with me on that, church? See, we can be thankful. We can be grateful and content because God always answers prayer, even if it's not on this side of eternity. So why do we pray? We pray to align our hearts with His. Everybody look at me for a moment. We got to know that today because we all have an agenda. We all have a way we want things done. But when we pray, there's got to be that moment in all of our prayers going, Lord, not my will, but what? Your will. Because guess what? Guess what? Guess what? He sees the whole picture, doesn't he? He's outside of time and space. God sees the whole story. God sees it from the beginning to the end. And he knows where his plans and his purpose and his puzzle pieces, he knows exactly how he wants to orchestrate it. And so we've got to pray, not my will. God, you know my will. Here was my will. But God, your will be done. God, this is what you chose to do. Now listen, that funeral of that young girl, Sarah, who's her name, she was a school teacher. There was 900 people that showed up at this funeral. Lordest funeral I've ever spoken at. Can I tell you something that was so incredible? 
900 people that she could never have rallied around her in one moment any other way got to hear the only message that could change someone's eternity, the message of Jesus, and 900 people got to hear the very thing that she was about, and that was about the love of her Savior. So in her death, we got to speak life. And I have no idea who responded to that. I have no idea those that heard her story of faith and decided that they needed a story of faith too. But at the end of the day, God took our pain and used it for his glory. And I want us all to know that. We've got to pray, not my will, but your will be done. And that's how our hearts align. The third reason we pray is found in verse 6. Let's go back to the very first thing he said. Do not be anxious about anything. Pause there. Prayer is a weapon to overcome anxiety. Prayer is the weapon to overcome anxiety in our lives. That phrase, do not be anxious, in the original language is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not even a good thought. It is a command. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, in a minute, we're going to find out a lot of us have some anxiety issues. But he says, don't be anxious about anything. Let nothing cause you anxiousness because prayer is the weapon that I've given you to battle anxiety. Now, there's many of you in this room, including this guy, who wrestle with some anxiety. You do. Maybe you have anxious thoughts. Maybe things kind of alarm you. Maybe you've had something. Maybe it's been a trauma in your life. Maybe it's been a loss of a loved one. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a physical issue. But many of us in this room wrestle with anxiety. And I would be one who says, I definitely wrestle with it. In fact, when I was young in my marriage and young in my ministry, Sonia can attest to this, I thought people who wrestle with like depression, anxiety, I literally had the mindset, they just need to get over it. It's a terrible attitude, but I did. And then I had it. And I really feel like God has allowed me to walk that journey because you know what? It's real, isn't it? If you've got it, it's real. It's a real issue. And the thing about it is, for some of us, we all wrestle with anxiety. And do you know, how do you cope with that anxiety? How do you cope with that? In fact, I was researching this week, what are the top ways that people deal with anxiety? Here's what they were. Number one, they were to isolate. Number two was sleep. Number three was to binge. And number four Self-harm. That's how we deal with anxiety. And what you find out, is any of those four really work? No. I want you to hear me this morning. If you wrestle with anxiety, and I'm not preaching to the choir because I'm among you, I'm with you, I get it too. Listen, prayer is the only weapon we have to battle the anxiousness that we feel. And this is anxiety. Listen, anxiety is a real deal. It's a real issue. And we can't, listen, if you have the mindset this morning of going, well, they just need to get over like I used to have, you're wrong. If you think it's mind over matter, it's not. What we need with anxiety is we need divine intervention. You know what that's called? Prayer. That's what we need. We need God to divinely intervene. And the way he does that is through prayer. So this morning, why do we pray? We pray to declare our dependence on God. We pray to align ourselves with the heart of God. And we pray to protect ourselves from letting anxiety overtake our lives. So I have three challenges for you this morning. Here's the first one. Maybe those of you, some of you here this morning that are believers and you're saying, you know what, Doug? I've been doing life on my own. I'm just going to ask you, would you do this this morning? Would you just invite God into your story? Well, but Doug, God's never going to have to be part of my story because you don't know all the stuff I've done. You don't know what I've thought about. You don't know the doubt that I have. The It doesn't matter. He knows you better than you know yourself. 
And he's still asking you to invite him into the story. So if you feel like you're doing life all by yourself, he's asking, would you invite me into your story? Would you invite me to intervene on your behalf because I love you and I care for you? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what, Doug? I, I, I've been praying, but I don't feel like God has answered my prayers. Well, he, maybe he has answered them, but maybe your heart's not been aligned to his first. Maybe you're still wanting your will to be done, not his will to be done. And would you just openly and freely say, Lord, I surrender my will to you today, and I ask that your will be done, that I can see you work in my life, you can work through the situation, and I will be quick to give you the glory. Or maybe you're here this morning and say, you know what, Doug, I am loaded with anxiety today. I'm anxious all the time. Would you just hand that over to the Lord? Would you just give it to him? Say, Lord, I need you. I desperately need you. So that's the first challenge. Would you respond to one of these three reasons why we pray? The second challenge I have for you today is that when we come to a place that we would actually begin to make our requests known. Did you notice there he said this, that in, 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 uh, uh, with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known? For the next seven weeks, we have a prayer request board over here. And in a moment when we have an invitation, you're going to have an opportunity, if you feel led to, to come say, this prayer request is weighing heavy on my heart. You don't have to put anybody's name in it. You don't have to sign it. I don't care about it. I just want you to say, this is my request. And maybe we need to come this morning and just make our request known to the Lord. Maybe it's for somebody to be saved. Maybe it's for uh, something to be reconciled, something to be restored. Some, I mean, I don't know what the situation may be, but you can come and you can take one of these prayer cards and write on there, please don't sign it. And then you can clip it on the board. And then next week, we're going to bring out another board that's going to say prayers answered. And over the course of the rest of this year, we're going to see how we can lift up a request before the Lord and how the Lord might answer those prayers. And I want that to be an encouragement to the church. In fact, if you will, I dare ask you to do this. If you will actually step into the worship space early next week a little bit for like the rest of the year, this prayer board is going to be up here. And you might want some alone time to go up there and just read the prayer requests that are up there. And take a moment and just pray, intercessory prayer. Pray for those requests that are on the board. So my second challenge is if there's something weighing your soul today and you need to lift it before the Lord, would you just write it down and put it on that prayer board? Don't sign it. Don't put a names with it. Well, let us know so we can pray for you. And then the third thing, maybe you're here this morning and you've never made the most important prayer in your life. You've never said the most important prayer in your life. And that prayer is a prayer of surrender to the Lord. A prayer where you say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I know that I've failed you. But I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I want you to be the boss and master of my life. I want to surrender my life to you. And if you've never prayed that prayer, it's just that easy. You don't have to have eloquent words. All you've got to have is the words that are the very cry of your heart. And just cry that out to him. Say it to him. And the Bible says, for anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. If you need to pray that prayer today, I would love to know. In fact, you were given a little blue sheet when you walked in this morning. Would you fill out that response card? Say, today I prayed and asked Jesus to be my boss and my master. Today I gave my life to Christ. And I want to reach back out to you. And I want to celebrate with you. And I want to tell you what your next steps in your faith are. But whatever God is doing in your life, would you respond? Would we respond as the Lord leads us? So it's all right now. Everybody stand with me if you would. Everybody stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. And let's just pray. Lord, we love you. And Lord, my heart as we get into this prayer series 
is not to make the assumption that we've already heard it all. But that we would understand something this morning, Lord, that prayer is probably the most underutilized weapon in the life of every believer. We say we believe in it, but maybe we don't do it. So God, today as we have gone through Philippians chapter 4, I pray that we would clearly understand and see why we pray. God, when we pray, we're declaring how desperately we need you. We need your counsel. We need your wisdom. We need your direction. God, when we pray, we're saying, not my will, but your will. I, I want to align myself to you, God. And then, God, hopefully we understand today that prayer is the remedy for anxiety. It is a thing that will help us get through those anxious moments. Because, Lord, when we pray, we're reminded that you're with us, you're for us, you hear us, you're not forsaken us, and we can call on you as the creator of the universe, and you're mindful of us. And I thank you for that, Lord. So, God, I just pray today. I pray with everything in me. I pray specifically for believers in the room that have been trying to do life on their own. Would they, would they invite you in to be involved in their story? Would they invite you in to be involved in their situation? God, I pray for believers who are, who are wrestling with their will to be done instead of your will, that they would align their hearts with you this morning. And then, God, I pray for those who have anxiousness in their soul. Would they just turn it over to you? God, I pray for someone maybe that doesn't know you, that they would realize that there's only one prayer that matters to them today. And it's the prayer of surrender, the prayer where they say yes to you. So God, would you just have your way with us today? May this begin a journey for us as a church that's exciting. Because I believe when we pray, when your people pray, heaven moves. You function. And you do only what you can do. You unleash your power in a powerful way. So God, I pray that that would start with us today. That today, we would make a commitment to be people of prayer. So God, would you bless us this morning? Would you move in this place? For it's in your precious and your holy son's name we pray. Amen. Now real quickly, we have this board over here. We've got some cards there, some pens. And I'm not asking everybody to do it. If you don't feel led to it, that's fine. It's going to be up every week. But if there's something that's weighing on you, would you just come write it down, clip it to the board, and know that the people of God around you are going to pass that board over the next several weeks, and they're going to be lifting that prayer request up to their Heavenly Father on your behalf. Scripture says the prayer of a righteous person availeth much. I know a whole lot of righteous people in this room today. I know a lot of people that love Jesus and would love to take your request to his throne this morning. So if something's weighing heavy on you, would you write it down? If you just need to come to this altar and get alone with God, invite him into your story. Align your heart to his. Declare that you have anxiousness and you turn it over to him. Whatever it is, this altar will be open. But however the Lord's leading you, let's be faithful. And let's respond according to how he's moving in our hearts as we worship.